hard hit is what we are the way a deer hits a car falling star doesn't come down just right a bad break when you're broke it's just another dirty joke it ain't funny blame sure ain't right hard hit is a surprise smacks you right between the eyes between your breakfast and your next canopy while you're crashing all around trying hard not to drown that old devil first came the flood on july 28th up to 12 inches of rain fell in a day across eastern kentucky Gushing water ripped houses from their foundations and threw them in the creek. Cars were pushed into buildings. Forty people were left dead and thousands homeless. For those who have struggled with addiction, an isolating and traumatic event like a flood can be a deadly challenge. The aftermath of a disaster causes loss of structure and routine, community and income. To keep that from happening, some of Eastern Kentucky's flagship recovery-to-work programs are paying their employees to do disaster recovery work. In this episode of Mountain Talk, we'll talk to participants and founders of the Black Sheep Bakery at the Hemphill Community Center in Letcher County, as well as Hindman's Troublesome Creek Guitar Company in Knott County. Both places employ folks who formerly used drugs and often face stigma when they try to get back on their feet. Both are in places that were hard hit by the recent flooding events, and both have turned their focus towards cleaning and helping out. Here's Gwen Johnson from the Hemphill Community Center. Because what do you do when people are hurt and you have to try to comfort them? And so um, the first few days, they would step out of the car and just start, just break down, and we'd just cry with them because what else can you do? Hemphill Community Center is just outside the town of Neon, Kentucky, where the flooding was especially extreme. Buildings now lie dark and empty, red X's drawn on the doors. Out on the street, people walk through mud and dust that the rain can't seem to wash away. But in Hemphill's homey yellow kitchen, Gwen and baker Jason Fields are cooking up a community dinner. So here's a knife and a spoon with the taters. My name is Jason Fields. I've been clean for two and a half years. I never had to go through drug court, but I lost my parents as the reason I come off everything. And with Gwen and them's help here at the community center and the Black Sheep Bakery, it's kept me off of it. Before the flood, everything was just like a normal job, going to work every day, coming home, my normal routine. Now I can't even stay in my house. I stay with a neighbor, so, but they have running water and everything, and I don't, because it jerked my water lines completely out. But the stress and stuff does make you want to go back to doing the things you did before, but the friends and family has helped me stay on my path. They're starting to clean up and stuff, and they've fixed the roads to where we live at, and we can get in and out and stuff a lot easier, but it had tore our roads out of pieces and we was having to walk in and out of the holler. So it's kind of hard for me to find a way to get over here because it's about 10 miles. And then they're working on the roads everywhere, so it's hard to get anywhere right now. Like the support and stuff of the community here at the center has been 
tremendous for me. If they had this in other communities or had people going out into the areas where people can't get to on horseback, you know, anything, just to go talk to people. If they could get the ex-druggies out and get them out working and helping people, it would help keep their minds cleared and see how good their life is compared to what it could have been. And that's how I've kept myself. I've kept myself busy. I show up here every day, seven days a week. And if they could get something like that going for them too, then they would probably continue to stay clean. In normal times, Jason works as a baker. After the flood, he knew right away that he needed to focus on helping out around the community. Since he shifted into flood recovery work, he's experienced a new level of the community coming together and stigma falling away. Even the older people are coming out and helping us. And it just surprised me because when we were on drugs and stuff, they shunned us. They didn't want nothing to do with us. And now they're coming out and they're respecting us just like we respected them. So it's shocking what all has happened and since the stress of everything makes people want to go straight back to what they were doing. And without having support and family and friends and people away from the drug scene, it'll be hard for them to stay out. And they've lost their houses. They've lost cars, their transportation, everything, family, friends. I mean, it's just stress. And the only thing that I can think of is just having people to support them, to keep them occupied and keep their minds in the right state. I was always raised, if somebody needs help, do what you can, when you can. But sooner or later, we'll get it all back together. A little ways down the road, the city of Hindman was also severely flooded. High water came up about 12 feet through downtown and nearly collapsed a few buildings. Inside the Troublesome Creek Guitar Company, a long-standing luthiery, the former instrument makers are now busy gently cleaning mud off tools and power washing the flood-stained walls and floors. Doug Nasal Road is the director. I'm Doug Nasal Road. I'm the uh, director of the Troublesome Creek String Instrument Company. We're also over the uh, Appalachian School of Luthery and curator of the Museum of the Mountain Dulcimer. About 10 years ago, I was asked by the Appalachian Artisan Center to come down uh, to Heinemann and start a school of Lutheran. And ever since then, uh, we've had one here. And as we went through the years, we discovered that, uh, actually pretty early on, we discovered that people uh, in recovery could really benefit from something as uh, labor-intensive and uh, highly structured as Luthery. Uh, it really demands a lot of your uh, attention uh, maybe even a little bit of obsession to successfully build a musical instrument. So um, we found out pretty early on that people um, could benefit a great deal from it when, when they were in recovery. 
and so much so that we developed a, a plan that we called the uh, Culture of Recovery uh, oh, five or six years ago. And that has uh, enabled us to bring people into our studios who are in recovery from uh, Hickory Hill Recovery Center and also the Knott County Drug Court. And that has given us some excellent uh, apprentices who became so skillful that we had to build a factory for them over at the uh, HCTC uh, Heinemann campus or that used to be known as Heinemann High School. And uh, we, we had a wonderful little factory community going there, about a dozen people working. And, uh, you know, we had a real good re reputation for making super good instruments. And uh, we had lunch every day. We had a lunchroom. And everything's gone as of July 28th. Well, our people are still there. Since the flood, we've just been trying to find the most urgent thing and go to it. And some of this work that we've done has been uh, pretty awful. The first week, we were shoveling wet mud, um, literally, and pushing it out the back door of the building and, and donating it back to the creek. Uh, uh, now we're scratching dried mud off of pretty much everything and then washing it down with uh, sporicides and disinfectants. And of course, there's a lot of rust in the, the hand tools and some of the machinery, uh, the motors are frozen so that you can't even turn them with your hands. And we don't know if they'll ever run when you plug them in. We haven't really plugged very much of anything in to turn it off, uh, considering the, the intrusion of the water and the grit and the mud. Uh, I think some, that some of these machines are going to probably fail out on us even if we get them running because uh, bearings aren't meant to have creek sand in them. Uh, and uh, it'll take its toll really quickly if it's in there. The only way to find out is to just try them. So we're working our uh, we're working our way towards that. Uh, we filled up the dumpster, and many times um, we're throwing away an awful lot of good stuff that's not good anymore. In the Recovery to Work program, which is called Culture of Recovery, the luthiers spent years building skills as apprentices, and many have been hired on to make instruments full-time. I am uh, a luthier here at Troublesome Creek, and I build the guitar next. Um, I also do the binding uh, on the instruments, so I, I put the, they call it tortoise shell, and it's on the outside edge of each of the boxes. Sometimes we do different colors, but that's usually what I do. Like Jason and Hemphill, the Hindman Luthiers have seen their work transformed, but remain grateful for being part of a community effort that also gives them daily structure. I think it's important to have structure behind everything that you're doing. You have to uh, you have to know where to turn when things get tough. And that's a big part about it. You can't you can't you got to get kind of comfortable with other people, and typically people that are using. They've been through a 
you know, that, that sort of thing in her life. They're uncomfortable with that. But you grow to grow to get used to it. And that's a big part of uh, like AA and NA and stuff like that. It's like service and giving back and reaching out, things like that. Um, and I think it it's not just with that side of recovery. If you look at the recovery from like the flood and stuff like that, I mean, there's people reaching out everywhere. And, People are willing to give the shirt off their backs to people that don't have nothing right now. And I think that really goes hand in hand there. I'd say the biggest struggle is like that uh, sometimes people forget that addiction is not just like the flu or something. You don't just get rid of it. It's something that follows you around for the rest of your life. Uh, so. <laughs> I think that that's the biggest thing. Like some people will forget who you are and what you, what what you're going through and the things that you went through, and they kind of lose touch with it sometimes. And that's about the worst part about it. I'd say. Um, it's hard to remember. I understand, you know, that as time passes, people forget what the type of person you are or were. So uh, I don't know if that made any sense, but I, I hope it did. Yeah. Um, you always know that you can come speak about things. Um, if you're going through something that you can't handle by yourself, we're all there, you know what I'm saying? So it's it's a wonderful place and it sucks that what we're going through right now has happened with the flooding and all that. But I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason and I think it's just once we get built back, it's gonna take back off. Jeremy Haney. Uh, I'm a Luther. Uh, I build uh, mandolins. So that's um, my main role is to build mandolins. So today it's cleaning up tools. Well, uh, started off with uh, doing a lot of drugs. <laughs> um, I was uh, addicted to opioids and then later on I was addicted to uh, methamphetamines, which led me to getting in trouble with the law, uh, which led to a lot of jail time. and. Through that, a uh, lot of misery and a lot of pain, I come to uh, realize I didn't want to live that way no more. But at that point, I didn't have a choice. I, I didn't know how to quit or didn't know how to live without it, the drugs that is. And uh, luckily enough for me, the law and the court systems seemed fit to send me to rehab. And that's how I come to uh, Hickory Hill, is through the court systems. Um, I stayed there for 11 months, uh, 12 months altogether. I went once and got HEP A discharged and come back. But 12 months altogether, in that uh, time, I uh, was uh, given the opportunity to come down to the uh, school Lutheran here in Hyman. And then uh, we uh, started out building backpackers um, just to learn the process of it. And I'm a guitar player uh, myself, so I wanted to build one for myself. Uh, I'd asked Doug about it. Paul had agreed to help me build a full-size guitar and through that process gave me the opportunity to work at the factory so I put an application in for there got a job there and uh, from there went on to learn how to build mandolins and that's something I've come to love is to build mandolins and uh, not only that just uh, having people write back and tell how much they love their mandolin or you know how nice it is it's uh, really rewarding uh, I think it's just uh, 
being able to build a beautiful instrument with my hands, the process, um, making sure every little brace and uh, even down to the tops, just every little piece that goes into it, making sure it's right where it needs to be and it's uh, sanded just so, just to where it needs to be too. Uh, I think it's just being able to get out of my own head for a while is the thing I love most about it. It's uh, a way to escape for me. Um, get lost in here rather than what's around me. I, like I said, didn't know what I was going to do about my job, what uh, was going to come of it, because without a factory, there is no work. But then Doug's like, "No, we're going to we're going to keep you all on payroll, and we're going to take and uh, we're going to clean this mess up, and we're going to keep going. We're not going to lay down. We're not going to give up." And I think that uh, is a bold uh, move and a bold statement to what we stand for and what people in recovery stand for. You know, we've been knocked down by so much and have done or have had so much taken from us that we uh, we don't know how to give up. We're going to keep fighting until the very end. So I think that was uh, a big inspiration for me and a, uh, a load off of my uh, worry and my stress that I was uh, putting myself through at the moment. So, no, it's, it's, it's awesome. Doug Nasal Road says continuing to pay the luthiers no matter what was a priority for him kept them busy. Generally speaking, they're tough, they're tough guys and, uh, and gals. They've been, uh, a couple of them, uh, Jeremy and Nathan have lost their homes, uh, in, in it. And they've been struggling with FEMA and trying to put things back. Um, Jeremy had his apartment looted before the water hardly went down. Someone came in and stole his personal tools out of his apartment. And so that was, you know, insult added to injury. But I realized really early on that they thought because all this stuff got destroyed that they were not going to have jobs anymore. And we made uh, a commitment to them that everyone would stay on the payroll and everyone just need to get busy cleaning up the mess. And we would worry about the details and so far that's that's working out pretty well so are people are you able to be paying folks that yes paid? everyone's getting paid instead of being uh, master luthiers you know as we liked to fancy ourselves uh, they're more like disaster recovery but we've got some very good plans uh, on the drawing board right now to keep everyone paid seamlessly there's some disaster recovery funds that are going to uh, pay everyone's paycheck uh, on up into the winter. And then we have a, uh, a, gr a grant that we had planned. Uh, it was sort of an aftercare grant with the ARC, uh, an INSPIRE grant is what they called it. And uh, it was uh, music heals from uh, recovery to the workplace and you know it's about it's about bringing people out of recovery who have no direction or plan uh, and putting them in good stead with a with a steady job and affordable skill the, the bottom line is uh, keeping everyone paid is uh, it's a big thing but it's not a big 
problem right now. Here one decent word I want to bank on a good thing to come. Let me work a good plan till I can't even stand when it comes to hope These programs are flagship programs, widely acclaimed and carefully designed to meet the needs of people in recovery. But Gwen Johnson says despite her bakery's role in the recovery community, she struggles to find funding for wages. Bakers start at $10 an hour and can graduate to $12.50, well below what she says is her goal of paying a living wage. So, you know, you mentioned trying to get um, the, like, the pay of people working here. You've been trying to, like, work towards with it. Is that something you feel like people are... Also, like, is but um, is that something you feel like people are willing to fund, or how do you sort of hope that? Well, we've not found anyone so far that funded any wages because we've written them into a bunch of grants, except stipends for some tutors for our after-school camp that we had in the file, and we just got funded for some more after-school activities. As a social enterprise, it isn't eligible for many subsidies or loans to cover pay. Johnson wasn't even sure she'd be able to offer her bakers their jobs back. She was grateful when it turned out donations could cover their wages to help with flood relief. For a month after the flood, there wasn't any running water in Hemphill, so the bakery couldn't operate or provide revenue the way they needed to cover workers' pay. There's almost no funding for general expenses. It's skilled work, says Gwen, and deserves to be compensated that way. Not pie in the sky, if you pardon my bakery pun there. And you know, we always heard this terminology wouldn't work in a pie factory. Well, let me tell you, a pie is not an easy thing to construct. Because, you know, we make them from scratch, so we're making the crust, the top crust if it has a top crust, the meringue if it doesn't, the feelings from scratch. And so when the um, pandemic came, um, I started trying to be competitive with wages so we didn't lose our skilled workers because when you have to start from scratch, there's a lot of waste to that too because a lot of product gets messed up. So once they gain the skills that they need, to uh, be a good baker, then we want to keep them. We don't want them going anywhere. So we try to pay them so they'll stay. Because that's important, because that's a lot more work and expense um, than you think when you start trying to retrain somebody who doesn't know anything. So we've done pretty good at, I mean, unless they just absolutely, like right now, we've got two of our former black sheep that are sitting in jail. So that's that's how they usually uh, lose their job, is they go to jail, and then if they can get cleaned up and straightened up and come back out, we can um, rehire them. But we're just, you know, we're second chance employment. We're not really willing to go five or six or seven times. We're not Jesus. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So we'll try to keep them, try to, try to work them, try to give them extra chances because we understand that 
recovery is not a piece of cake and it's not it's not an it's not an easy thing because it, it's it's like disease like a and it's like a monkey on your back it's not easy to shake and we come to understand that so just try to do the best we can do you feel like that differentiates you from other workplaces probably there's not a lot of grace in some spaces Jason Fields worries about some of his friends, especially the ones he knows are facing their own struggles with addiction. Everyone's scattered right now. Everything is so uncertain. I've had friends that's had to move. I've had friends that's trying to rebuild, and it's hard to get supplies in. But back at Hemphill making soup, Jason feels comfortable, loved, and accepted for who he is and all that he's been through. And myself... I ain't going nowhere. This is my home. I've been here for 41 years. I'm going to stay. Kentuckians struggling with substance use can call 1-833-8KY-HELP. That's 1-833-859-4357, toll-free, to speak with a specialist about treatment options and available resources. Kentucky River Community Care can be reached at their 24-hour informational hotline, 1-800-262-7491. That's all for the latest edition of Mountain Talk. I'm Katie Myers. Here at WMMT, we're so grateful you've stuck with us past the flood, and we hope you'll tune in to hear how the people of eastern Kentucky are supporting one another through what's likely to be a long, hard time for all of us. We're grateful to be back on the air. Today, you heard about two major recovery-to-work programs in the region that are shifting their focus to flood recovery as a way to keep supporting their employees and communities. Music in this episode is courtesy of Doug Nasalroad. If you like this episode, you can subscribe to Mountain Talk as a podcast or stream more from the series at WMMT.org. From all of us at Real People Radio, thanks for listening. This story is part of the America Amplified Initiative. America Amplified is a national public media collaboration focused on community engagement reporting. I want to fly like a bird Hear one decent word I want to bank on A good thing to come Let me work a good Till I can't even stand When it comes to hope I sure use some Hard hit I'm getting tired of being Picked on and fired Laid off Disaffected And weird Nothing is left to do But tell the folks that I'm Load up the truck and get the hell out of here. Hard hit is what we are, the way a deer hits a car. It leaves you crazy, plump angry, and weird. We're standing all alone, cut deeper than the bone. 
It hurts the car and it sure hurts the I want to fly like a bird and hear one decent word. I want to bank on a good thing to come. Let me work a good plan till I can't even stink. When it comes to hope, I could sure use a song. Let me work a good plan till I can't even stand. When it comes to hope, I could sure use me some. When it comes to hope, I.